HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. The following is a message from Heritage Foods USA. Join Heritage Foods USA this November. Reserve your Heritage Turkey today. Loved by all our chefs and customers for their unbeatable flavor. Visit www.heritagefoodsusa.com or call 718-389-0985 to order yours. That's 718-389-0985. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America. From border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network... Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, the Nichols and May of the now generation, your hosts... Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Back. back. I'm You're back. I'm back. Can you dig it? Did you miss me, Judy? Uh, yes, I did miss you. Ah, uh, I was bereft without you. What it, happened? You tried. You tried to take over. Admit it. This was some it was sort a, of. I thought. Okay, Mike. You were Mike, trying to run a bloodless coup while I was out of town. I know. I, I like I redrew the postcard. <laughs> I put a your face here sticker over where your face would be, but no, it didn't work out. You got a room full of Jews, but it didn't really help. Two okay, I had two and a half <laughs> Jews in here. Two and a half. Well, the, there was a kid in here. Yeah, the kid. It sounds, sounds like the results of an overambitious moil. <laughs> but um, even I know what that is. Um, <laughs> Well, yes, two Jews could not make could not fill your shoe your Jew shoes. Oh, Judy, we are the thing with two heads. <laughs> um, but where were you, Mike? I don't think our audience knows where you went. They were upset. Hey, let me tell you, I was I was in Chicago and uh, Detroit and uh, points in between on the Dirty 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 tour, supporting my new book. We had a pizza named. After me in the book in Chicago at Ian's in Wrigleyville, That's they made the cool. Mike Edison Dirty Pie. It was Andouille sausage, <laughs> uh, shrimp, and okra. It was a gumbo pie, the Mike Edison Dirty Pie. And we did a gig right in the pizzeria. This is the kind of book tour I'm in. We did um, a dive bar <laughs> in Port Huron the night before. And then we stayed at a house that was built of bourbon. 
You right. can imagine such a thing. Somehow got out now of there alive. Now it's just a shell. Speaking of shells. <laughs> Somehow we got out of there alive. Did the next night in a pizzeria, and then Sunday afternoon we're at the University of Chicago in you know, a proper lecture hall. Fancy. And um, I was with my accompanist, Mickey Finn, world's greatest piano player. I like Mickey. Love Mickey. And I love having an accompanist. You know why? Because it makes me feel like Liza. <laughs> That's Liza with a Z. So you've been uh, up up to uh, all sorts of things in my in my absence. I, I understand you started a new business. I started a new business, and I don't I haven't named it yet, but uh, it's out on LifeBooker this week. I will help you rewrite your personal ad. I've done it for so many people, like for their online dating profiles. I've done it for so many people for free. I figure I should start making some scratch off of this. That's very smart. It's very Jewish of you to think that way. This is good. I feel like maybe. <laughs> See, you're a good influence. Maybe. <laughs> we we need wish- a name for this business because um, to all you uh, single online daters out there in Radio Land, I guarantee you, Judy won't guarantee it, but I will, that if she writes your online profile, you will get laid. And Mike will give you a back guarantee and that he will have sex with you if you can't even even if else. i have to fuck you myself if you hire judy <laughs> to write your online profile you will get laid yes thank you so where are we gonna find you judy all these we're uh, gonna find interested. me at uh, dategirl.net the offer this week is for 49 dollars for like over an hour of my time which is money well spent 49 dollars for an hour of your time yeah over the phone I'm not do anything. I mean, does that count as phone sex? I hope not. Um, it's it's mostly. I think this mostly goes out to women because it's usually a thing where you can get your eyebrows waxed at a discount, or you can get a massage. But what I'm excited about is we have an actual journalist here this week. <laughs> She's not the low-hanging fruit of the literati anymore. I know, making us look bad <laughs> since 2 p.m. this afternoon. It's Maura Johnson, who's Yay! the music editor of The Village Voice. Hi, how are you? The Village Voice, they're still in business? Shut yeah. up, we both work for <laughs> The Voice. We both work for them, yes. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Well, the world's changed, right? I mean, the village voice is not the village voice that we used to know. Well, everything is different, sure. But we're not going to put down anyone's yeah. employer, Mike. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think that if you go to the Village Voice website at uh, www.villagevoice.com slash music, and if you see the posts that go up every day, because obviously, like, p- space in the paper is a lot less. Right. But what we're making up for is a ton of content online. And where we have concert reviews every day and record reviews and think and pieces and interviews. We had a great interview with Lou Barlow last week, uh, Bob Mould. <laughs> Um, and ain't that the way of the world, though? Real estate, uh, ink and paper is getting uh, pretty scarce. Yeah. Uh, what, I, what I meant about the Village Voice not being the Village Voice, and um, we're certainly big fans of yours more. Um, we, Thanks. We, we love you. Um, uh-huh. But what happened, I believe, with the Village Voice is everything became decentralized. It's owned by a company that now puts out 20-plus all-weeklies. Um, Certainly weekly on the newsstand circulation has dropped, but a lot of the stuff is coming from um, outside of New York. You're no, not. not with you're, us. You're, 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 no, you're, you're great. I edit everything. It? I edit. Awesome. I edit everything. It's it's completely 100 percent, possibly to my, my as my therapist says, to my overworked detriment. All edited by me and commissioned by me, and it's all you know things that are happening around New York. We have a great column by Chris Weingarten, who is a dear friend of mine, that he, where he spotlights different New York bands every week, two New York bands a week. And uh, we have tons of really good writers. This guy, Jeff Rosenthal, who knows a lot about hip hop, who just always ha- brings the real talk about, you know, Krayshawn or whatever, whatever other r- rapper of the moment is taking over YouTube. So, I mean, music, you know, music writing is really hard right now. Like it's I'm, yeah, I mean, I, and like this is something free. that I that I say in, in everywhere because people do it for free. And also the thing is, 
because of you know if you want to make money off of it you have to figure out a way to get people to click on your on your blog posts so you have to sort of figure out some hook for people to get in because like when they're reading as opposed to reading a paper when you're like reading a paper and you're sort of just like your eyes are flicking past back and forth as you flip pages and your eye falls on something and you're like oh this looks interesting let me read it but the thing is with online you have that extra sort of like second and and it seems so silly but it's like a split second discrete choice mm-hmm. to click or not and we talked about this this yeah. is the this is the, the click, click economy. economy right so what happens is like you want to sort of put forth things that are really interesting and that people you know sh- that you that you're like passionate about and that people should know about but then you have this whole thing happen where it's like people just are interested in reading the latest thing on something that they can like all pile on to and be like, yeah, that sucks. Well, so why is, is that popular? This is why I'm so cynical um, <laughs> yeah. about, about music journalism and, you know, uh, and the Village Voice, um, not specifically in, in your case, because I know what a great job you guys do and that it is local coverage. But I mean, also when they got bought out, the first thing they did was fire Nat Hentoff, which, you know, will leave a, you know, a thorn in my side forever. How a guy like that, who's been so important in writing about music and jazz and, and, and free speech and local politics is somehow, you know, ballast for a ship that really shouldn't be sinking in the first place. Speaking of the click economy, though, doesn't that drive you or your employers, you know, to like, you know, for the sake of the advertisers, which is how we stay in business, to do things that are more Googleable to get people onto the page and to click through rather than covering the things that you might like to cover ideally. I try to strike a balance. I mean, it's really difficult. And like the, the one the one advantage of like having to post as much as I do every week is that I can sort of like balance like the stuff that's about, you know, say, well, last week the big thing that everyone well the week before the, the big thing that everyone was piling on was that Metallica and Lou Reed right. record, yeah, it, right? Boy, it sucks. <laughs> you know, it sucks. you know what's funny? If you listen to it five times, it sucks less, which is weird. But it's ninety minutes, right? So it's a ninety-minute record with okay. a twenty-minute last song, and so it's it actually designed to sort of like be. At, completely antithetical to like the 30 second sample i'm going to figure out my whole record based on this one song thing and it definitely is not pleasant to listen to and i actually (laughs) i don't like lou reed i think that you know i think i I understand his contributions to the culture from long ago but like lou reed of 2011 it's like okay wait you said you set the template and you're still working off it that's great but like there are other things going on well he's an he's just an angry old jew you know, I mean, really, he hasn't done anything <laughs> likable in a, in a long time. I am but not, not likable. I mean, I think that's sort of his charm. I mean, he's he was very he's very happy to be playing with Metallica though. If you yeah. there are videos that have, that have been posted of um, he should be very happy to have any on, sort of career at all. Let's well, face it. Well, no, he's always going to have a career though. Yeah. He's always going to have like the critics like like certain critics liking him and certain people being like he's in the pantheon. When's the last should... good record Lou Reed really made seriously? He doesn't Look, have I to. Lo- I love the Velvet Underground, but he doesn't have to. You know, there are certain artists who don't have to anymore. Oh. God damn it! You, 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 know, <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, I just hate. I'm not, I'm not I just hate setting this bar, bar so low. I, mean, I, I really. Uh, I know people were all gaga for his record, New York. Remember that record, New York came out in the early eighties, eighties, right? Right, New York. I hated that fucking record, to be honest with you. It just seemed like this laundry list of liberal causes. Yeah, oh, Lou's coming out against racism. Gee, that was Bold maybe he came Lou, out against rape Lou. too. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I just can't wait for Metallica but, and Lou Reed to collaborate with Marky Mark on a remake of, of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunks, Bunch's <laughs> big hit Wild Side from nineteen ninety one. I'm hoping that that happens. How very postmodern of you, Mark. Well, you know, <laughs> Get it, it's getting the nostalgia. I mean, nostalgia for the early 90s is it right now is that right? where it's at right now that is no. where a lot of it's Ugh. at right now yeah Boy. 
So, uh, Seinfeld's parents need the early bird special again. The early nineties nostalgia. Um, I, I actually don't mind it that much, if only because the the new bands that are coming out are sort of taking their cues from bands that I like. Well, so it's just not the fucking eighties anymore. Who should we be listening to? Well, do you want? Well, no, not yet. We're okay, gonna, we have. A okay, example, well, you know, but... there's a there's a band from Brooklyn, and I will say I'm a little biased. Okay, so I t- I teach at NYU, and um, I have I have these students who are great. They're all like students in this music program where they're learning they're they're aspiring musicians and producers and, and and engineers and stuff and there's this one band from right around actually i think they like she used to live at the mckibben lofts which is right oh, around that the corner means she had bed bugs. yes but she doesn't live there anymore okay but um but she there's a band called beast make bomb and they're really really great and they have this really sort of great like pod era breeders energy about them and the front woman is amazing and you know there are worse. I think there are worse cues to take from than that. Yeah, you know? and nice she's poppy. She's really smart, and I think that they're st- they're still a super young band. They've only been around for about a year and a half, and they're. I think they're going to grow into something really good. I hate rock music. Oh, shut up! <laughs> you do? <laughs> no, you oh, have to lie. Really? I'm just so over it. It's like, it's like it's like moving dock boxes at the dock or something. It's just like Aww. so fucking dumb and stupid. What do you like then? Not he much likes jazz. of anything. Jazz. Well, you know, you say that with such disdain. <laughs> you, you know, one of these days, McGuire. I like my songs to have words. I like the jazz with the words. The jazz with the words. Like Chet Baker. Like word jazz. Well, word jazz. Like no scat. No yeah. scat. No scat singing. singing. No. Well, scat singing just proves that lyrics aren't important. My mom, my mom was a my mom was a singer, and when she, she got into her little scat stage, which was the singing, not the pooping stage, it was uh, <laughs> it was just like a white lady can't scat. See, my grandma was a singer, but she was yeah. like an Irish balladeer, so she was all about the you know the really heartfelt lyrics and, and the malissimo. Lots of uh, <laughs> lots of songs about drinking and well, John yeah, Kennedy. That's what we do and being and being sad. Lots so, of songs about John Kennedy. God bless my grandmother. She was an amazing singer, and I would love to follow. I wish I had followed in her footsteps instead of these, <laughs> instead it's, of the ones that I followed. But yeah, but you have like fifty jobs, so you you write yeah. all this stuff for the Voice. You're the music editor, and you teach at NYU. What do you teach? Mm-hmm. I teach. It's called writing about popular music. Nice. And it's a class for these students who are, yeah, like like I said, like they're all you know aspiring musicians and producers. A couple of them want to be writers, and you know I'm like, well, just. I'm going to be honest with you like you're ta- like it's not that you're not talented but you know you, you I'm going to be honest with you the the profession is in a weird place. Yeah, get um, another job. How too. How, but, how are you going to ever earn back the money you spent on your education by being either A a musician or B writing about music? Well, and C writing about music um you know, was it Frank Zappa said? It's like dancing about architecture. And this is why... That quote I, has been attributed to everyone. Right, <laughs> right? Um this is why though, you know, I, I have um thing about most music critics is that they don't play music and they don't really understand the machinations of making I don't music. That's actually though what I love about teaching this class because like I will play a piece for these students that I really like and they'll kind of bring like their theoretical knowledge and I mean that's one thing that I think has been really great for me in this experience and I do think that yes I do think that more writers should you know learn theory and learn sort of like the underpinnings and learn production techniques so that everyone's not just saying reverb, reverb, reverb and, right. and about everything Auto-tune that they, that, yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, right, right. Right. Layered, well, wait, we're going to hear, we're going to hear something that, a song that Maura really likes. Will you tell us a little bit about Okay, good. And then we're going to rate it mercilessly. <laughs> No, we're going to talk to the Oyster Guys. Next. Oh, the Oyster Guys are coming up. This is good. This is a lucky day because we have bivalves as well as music oh criticism. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is a song. Um, this is probably going to be my number one single of 2011. Um, it's by this woman from England named Charlie XCX. It's called Stay Away. It's very soaked in 80s retro and pathos. Um, 
if you it, it reminds me a lot of uh the song by Tapao Heart and Soul, but I think that it's just really awesome and like I listen I've listened to it probably 150 times uh in the past three months which is a lot because i have to listen to a lot of other things so you never take paola right this is on the up and up (laughs) no i actually i found out about this song from like somebody on twitter who was like everyone should listen to this and i was like oh you know i have a free three minutes sure and i just was completely because usually you get a song played on the show you got to slip me a hyundai or at least a bag of coke oh yeah that's how it works old school how how does someone slip you a car (laughs) oh you mean a hundred yeah (laughs) not a a hyundai (laughs) more All right, let's hear that song, the Charlie XCX. Okay, we have two votes on that song. I liked it. Mike hated oh, it. Oh, God. I like Chick Rock. I like it. Was it Chick Rock was like being hit over the head with like a meat tenderizing mallet? No. I, All right, to change subjects I don't go briefly, for that, that 80, 80s synth we can thing, get know? back to it's, this in a minute. We have a caller. God, it just sounds like, like, a, like a Ronald Reagan hangover, that song. <laughs> oh, God. Sean, are you there? 
Yes, yes, I'm here. Hey, How are Sean. you? Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So you guys are called Walrus and Carpenter Oysters, and you're doing an oyster CSA for um, Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, we actually have three deliveries. So we're doing it for Thanksgiving, uh, one before Christmas, and then for New Year's as well. All right, and you guys, like, you, you give people the knives. What about the gloves? That's where I've always become bloody with the oysters. Mm. Well, it, it's actually something we've thought a lot about. And it's like, I think people are really intimidated about shucking oysters at home. Yeah. But it, it's, it's actually not that difficult, and we make sure we provide shucking lessons for anybody that wants to. That's great. When, so when you, come, when you come pick up the oysters, you can get a little shucking lesson? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we don't let anyone leave the room unless they've at least shucked two oysters or they feel comfortable doing it themselves. Ooh. This is good. Well, I want to be first on record here. I'm going to buy some oysters. I'm in for a few dozen for Thanksgiving. Nice. You've nice. already made one sale off the Mike and Judy show. So where, where are the oysters sourced from? They're uh, Rhode Island, is that right? Yeah, so our farm is located in Charlestown, Rhode Island, in uh, Nineveh Pond. It's basically a, a saltwater pond in Rhode Island, and it's, it's a huge pond. It's actually 1,800 acres. How, and, long have you, um, how long have you guys been doing this? We've been doing it for about four years now. And um, last year was our first year with a CSA, and it started sort of... It's very small. We just kind of sent a few emails out to some friends and family and said, hey, look, everyone knows we've been doing this, but now it's time to sell some of our product. And this year we've just tried to, um, to make it a little bigger because it's, you know, as producers of food, we get enjoyment out of kind of connecting with the consumers too and folks get the freshest oysters possible. So it's a win-win. Where do you do drop-offs in New York? So we do it in, uh, actually, so Jules, my partner, his uh, mom has a studio in Tribeca. Oh, fancy so neighborhood. We sort of, yeah, well, we sort of make it a, a party so you can come and, and have a glass of champagne. and. Uh, this gets better every shock, moment. Take a shocking lesson. Oh, my God. This is perfect. I'm and, going to order some, too. Tell us your website. And Lord knows that Mike and Judy listeners need lessons in shocking. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I love it. Yeah. Um, the website is walrusandcarpenteroysters.com. Cool. Yeah, it's it's uh, sort of a mouthful. We can also find us on Facebook. We're uh, We're not the... The greatest at technology, but um, we, we try to do what we can. You guys got a good email blast on Tasting Table, though. That's how I found out about you. Um, yeah, so, so what, that, was, that was a great plug. So when are you doing the pickups for Thanksgiving, just so our listeners know? Um, yeah. When do they need to order by? So you can order up to three days prior to the drop-off, and um, this year it's on the 23rd. Oh, perfect. The day before Thanksgiving. Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Well, put me down for a couple dozen, <laughs> all right? <laughs> and a glove. They don't oh, have the gloves. Uh, oh, well, I don't like to shuck oh, so, unprotected. Well, we do. We do have. We do uh, have some gloves, but not like those um, chainmail, dude. Gloves. You know those ones that look like a shark suit, it's got metal links and things like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, well, that's a little <laughs> intense. I think those run about a hundred bucks. We're oh. like, uh, <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, that's kind of a lot of added value. Yeah, I'd rather I'd yeah. rather get stitched up than spend a hundred bucks. So, so just quick, <laughs> says, says the Jew. Just quickly, like, what are the prices? How many and how much and. So we offer full shares, which are 100 oysters, and um, if you buy a full share, you get 100 oysters for $100. And half shares, a few oysters, cost 60, uh, $62. And then quarter shares, 25 oysters for $31. With a shuck- and, we- and everyone gets a shucking lesson. Everyone gets a shucking lesson, yeah. And, and the beers are uh, they're fully, they're heavily subsidized. We ask for uh, maybe a dollar a piece. Great. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being with so us cool. today. And uh, I hope you get a lot of business off the Mike and Judy show. Right on. Okay. Because there's great. nothing cool. we love more Mike than. And Judy, hey, thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, man. All right.
Because it's, it's true. We do love oysters. Oh, my God. I love oysters. And, and you wouldn't know it from this show, so but we're actually on a food network. <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I figured we should have the food thing. Next week, we have a food show. Next, next week, yeah. we have our, our, our friend, your friend, Aaron Lefko. Aaron Lefko. Who um, is one of the proprietors of Little the newly Neck? opened Little Neck uh, in, in uh, Gowanus. Gowanus, right? Yeah, I would say Gowanus. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. also have the woman who runs the taste the treats truck, oh, who just has a cookbook nice. out. So I'm hoping that they both bring us snacks. We've never oh, gotten be- any snacks from this show. I'm well, except for, except for Roberta, stuff, Roberta's Pizza. So. Let's not let's not forget to mention that we are at Roberta's Delicious restaurant Roberta's here. We get pizza, you know, we among the best pizza in New York. And so uh, once again, we're streaming live on the Heritage Radio Network. Hello. Hello. That's good. So um, speaking of teaching people to write, maybe you should get a class at NYU. And, like, this is like writing about music. You College should, like, students don't need to learn how to write online personal ads. They're too busy having sex with each other. Uh, you'd, <laughs> you'd like to think. It's true. If, you, it true. if you're in college and you need a personal ad. Although I probably needed a personal ad when I was in college. Real talk. I probably did. What? I was too busy being a whore in college to like <laughs> need a. I mean, I was too busy looking at records. That probably tells you a lot about <laughs> yeah, my but biology. I mean, all you would need to do is go to the WFMU record fair. And as someone without a penis, you could leave there with like five boyfriends. <laughs> this, this is true. This is the Mike and Judy Isn't show where teach me whores. Isn't that easy? It's that easy. Or go to a comic book convention. Either way. Bringing nerds and nymphets together my dating since coach. 2011. <laughs> I think great, I really do. I really am a good dating coach. And once again, that's Judy's online dating service. You need a name yeah. for your business. I know. I, well, I'm th- I'm, a lot of things are taken. I was thinking of Profile Fixer. Um, eh, eh, uh, yeah, I wanted Profile Fluffer, but then I get... You know, people aren't going to be so cool yeah. about that. You know, and I don't yeah, want. Right, 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 but yeah, like the <laughs> Life Booker has me as a personal ad makeover, which is pretty much what it is but it's also kind of boring and then my column is called date girl at the seattleweekly.com sister paper well to the i think Village you gotta solve the date girl brand i think this is good yeah date girl does your profile i, I like I, I like the date girl i like that extension i think that it's you know you it shows that you have expertise in the field which you obviously do yeah i've been so. writing about dating yeah. for 11 years i've been reading you about dating for that long too oh well, it's Maura. another love fester of the month <laughs> Mike gets so jealous. <laughs> so, Laura, what I want, what I want to uh, ask you, actually, so all these young kids running around in these bands here in, you know, quote-unquote hipster Brooklyn or whatever, are people taking drugs? Are people drunk? Is there the bacchanalia that, that used to be when, What are the kids you know, doing, Mike? What are the kids up to? What's going on out there? Are, are people having sex? Are they doing drugs? Are they willfully sloppy the way it was when I came up, when rock and roll was still interesting? It seems like they are. It, the, <laughs> the drugs might be more a little more, though. You know, there might be a little more pharmaceuticals in the mix than, okay. than, than previously. But I think that it's it's still pretty from what I've seen and I have to be honest you know as a sort of older lady I sort of let the my my younger charges run wild and free and bring me back the the news as as far as what's going on because when you say news you mean bags of pills <laughs> you know it's like it's more I'm like, like to incriminate myself in that way when they but, had quaaludes remember quaaludes yeah. yeah yeah but they're back right I mean I they're not know. real seven like fourteen Jack, but Jack are they back are quaaludes back Jack. He knows. I'm not speaking about this. <laughs> <laughs> the man who confessed to be falling into a K hole the other week. <laughs> off air, yeah, thanks. I, I think that, you know. I think that I think that there is definitely a sort of like rambunctious. It's it's weird because with New York, their spotlight is so trained on it that it's really easy for bands to sort of get like super huge right away. But I think that there is still like you know this sort of. I'm making a gesture. I'm like wavy. <laughs> yes, we're not on TV. wavy hands. I'm like sort of you know. There's this undercurrent of just like people who are just like they just want to have a good time and they just want to make some music, whether it's rock and roll or whether it's like electronic based or hip hop or whatever. Okay, one so. of the one of the like kid bands that I kind of like that's is kid gay, bands. Well, you know, youth gay for Johnny Depp. I kind of like. I've never them. heard them. Oh my god, I got them to be in my book because 
I just I love their name. Yeah. And they're really funny and cute yeah. and they're kind of hardcore and I've never heard I'm of them. S- I'm s- how cool am I that I heard of a band that the Village Voice music <laughs> I've never heard of? Pretty good, Grandma. I'm pretty well, cool. Well done. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, part of my thing I think about just sort of being blissfully ignorant, and I, and, I, and I try. I mean, I really do try to keep my ear to the ground. If there was something that I, I liked, I would be very enthusiastic about it. I'm not as cynical, maybe as I sometimes pretend to be. Except, I do wonder what a 21 year old kid is going to possibly have to say that ye old Mike Edison could possibly be interested in. Except that all my favorite recording artists, like Miles Davis, and you know when Van Morrison recorded Astral Weeks, always like 20 years old. It was yeah. a fucking masterpiece. And all of my favorite recording artists, the stuff they started was when they were 20. You know, as, as well. I'm just, I don't know. This stuff sounds not mature. But it's perspective. To me. You know, I think it. I think it's a question of perspective and like you know where you are in your life now as opposed to where you were when you heard that that record. But like Amy know. Winehouse, she's she was young. Yeah. I loved her. I think her records are okay. I'm not a big Amy Winehouse fan. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think she's a great singer and a good songwriter and all that. But I don't think she made any real contribution. I think it was soul music oh, for people who had heard soul. I disagree. I think, what, you think she innovated heard, the way Frank Sinatra did. No, I mean, changed I think the a way lot people of, sang. I think a lot of I think a lot of the innovation was definitely like the musical innovation, like as far as the beds went, was definitely a lot Mark Ronson. But I think that her voice and just when she was on, she could give pathos to some lyrics like so nothing good singers before. are a dime and, a dozen. Who but cares? no, but I think that I don't. I don't, I don't think that's true. Actually. I, I actually don't think that's true. Having have it, having had to watch in a professional capacity American Idol for the past five years, oh, I do not oh, think well, that's okay. That is not good no, singing. No, but the that thing is, is but about no, perfection and perfection no, no, no. should have no place. The in thing rock and roll. is, like, well, that's. I mean, I don't think it's about perfection. I think it's about attitude and, and drama. But at the same time, it's you know, saying that saying that good singers are, but you're saying good singers are a dime a dozen. So that way, that means that everything is karaoke, right? I find a lot of the stuff that that is prefabricated. Look, I think Amy Winehouse is a terrific singer. I mean, absolutely. I just don't think that she moved the dial at all. I think she was this sort of soul music that filled a void at a time when people were ready to hear this sort of thing. And I think in the record industry, too, every so often you get some sort of retro act, whether it's rock and roll or soul or somebody playing roots music. We're seeing a lot of roots music in Americana now that fills a void you know, to sort of play against... You know, synthesizer music and other sorts of more manufactured music, and against corporate well, it's rock. It's all manufactured anyway. It, it is, of course, and but it's against. It's so they can take a pose and say we're not corporate rock, which still sucks. Right. And, and I think Amy Winehouse benefited from that. I think they're. Um, I mean, she was certainly doing it great, and her band is great, and the guys from Daptone are fantastic. You know, a hundred percent. But I mean, is she as good as the thing that she sort of emulates? Not really. See, I I think that I don't know. I think because I think it's also hard to sort of like when you're when you're pitching something against the thing that it emulates you also have to deal with the sort of cultural baggage of how hyped up and not this is not to say that that the old stuff isn't really really great but it's just like it's not a level playing field because you have like all of this history and you have all this sort of like shock of the new and innovation it's important but not all the time sometimes you know it's just the emotional wallop and i think that like with amy winehouse's stuff she packed that punch and it was really effective i mean it was funny because I hadn't listened to her stuff a lot before she passed away. You know, it just, it was one of those things where it was just like, oh, this is a good record and I appreciate it. But it just sort of like filtered back into the, into time because there's always other stuff to listen to. But then when she passed away and I was listening to her music, it was like, oh, right, this was why, you know, like the lyrics for that song, Tears Dry on Their Own, and just, you know, some of the twi- turns of phrase and the ways that she incorporated her vocals into those turns of phrase were just really, really intense and really like very simple yet brutal uh, exhibitions of longing and sadness. And I think that that is a really powerful thing to do in a sort of five-second span when you're just using your voice. Mm-hmm. 
And also, I mean, I think if she makes people listen to older music, I mean, she might inspire young kids well, to go that, buy that, these old That's fine. I certainly oldie. discovered Howling Wolf and Muddy Waters through the Rolling Stones. I mean, that was a real thing. By the way, I think you're being very generous um, when you say uh, she passed away. I mean, well, I mean, she 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 was headed south for a while. That, you know, her her demise was based on, on some lifestyle choices. You know, you know what happened though, right? She had been she had been off like she had been off drinking the for a while. Yeah, it was like she she had been off for like a couple of weeks, and then she just decided to like she went on a bender, went, go on a bender, and that was it. Yeah, and like it sucks because like that. I remember watching that video of her performing in serbia yeah and it was so where she like turned to the back she turned her back to the crowd and took off her shoes and like it was just so sad and that she you know then it was she was supposedly getting her life back on track and it was just sad all right well guess what judy Oh my God! It's the half fastest half hour on the internet radio today is Woo! over. It's overtime. All right, before we go though, if, uh, for all our listeners, I'm going to be in California next week. I'm going to be in San Francisco Tuesday uh, at Amnesia um, up in the Mission District, and in Los Angeles on Thursday at the Last Bookstore. Friday at the Alt Cafe in Seaside, that's Monterey, promoting my new book, Dirty, Dirty, Dirty. Uh, please tune in. Find Judy McGuire's new, as yet unnamed business. If you were doing <laughs> online dating and want to get laid, dategirl.net, dategirl not dead, and more. Johnson, where are we going to find you? Uh, villagevoice.com Alright, follow us on Facebook See you guys next week Thank you Bye Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.